Take your Bibles with me. Take your Bibles with me to Second uh, Corinthians is where we'll be. Second Corinthians chapter number twelve is where we'll go. A very familiar passage of scripture, and I know it seems like often preachers say that familiar passage of scripture, but there are some passages that tend to be more uh, more familiar than others to some people. And this is one that I think we all have been in at times past, or or have at least heard of, or or, or familiar with. You have to excuse me, I apologize. Um, and this is a passage that we've all been in and read, and, and I think that if we're not careful, that we sometimes miss out on some of the most important things in this passage. We could spend a, a lot of time and we could talk about the, the classic verse here in verse 9, and that's where we'll be for some of this, but as a, I had the opportunity to, to, to listen to a song, and we may play it here in a little bit, uh, not too long ago, and as I was listening to that song, a thought in this passage jumped out to my heart and mind, and it was as the Lord spoke to me, and as I began to read this and look at this passage, um, it was an encouragement. Much of what I want to say tonight is pretty much just a repeat of everything Pastor said Sunday night. You know, we have a lot of things to praise God for. We have a lot of things to praise God for that we don't necessarily want to praise God for. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do is praise God for the things that we would never accept for ourselves. And yet that is exactly what Paul is saying in this passage. He's saying that in the end, when it all comes down to it, he glories in the thing that he asked God to take away. And we'll look at it here in just a moment. You know, there's a lot to be said about uh, this idea of a thorn in the flesh, the infirmities or the struggles that we deal with on a regular basis, things that we uh, have that we can never get rid of, things that we deal with that we could always want to be taken away but never seem to go away. And there's a reason sometimes for those things that we never realize or we don't fail to see because we're too busy focused on the thorn and never really take the time to really focus on what God is trying to do. What Paul is saying here in chapter 12 really begins in chapter number 11. If you'll look with me, if you will, in chapter number 11 and look with me in verse number 16, the Bible says, I say again, let no man think me a fool. If otherwise, yet as a fool receive me, that I may boast myself a little. That which I speak, I speak not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly, and this confidence of boasting, seeing that many glory after the flesh, I will glory also. It seems a little interesting here that Paul's saying, hey, wait a minute, if you want me to boast a little bit, I can boast a little bit. I can, I can glory in myself. I can glory after the flesh if that's what you want me to do. And uh, the, the church at Corinth was questioning Paul's apostleship, his uh, qualifications, so to speak. And he says, look, my qualifications don't come from man. My qualifications come from God. But if you need me to have something man-wise, I mean, I, I could clearly say it. And he goes on to say here in verse number 19, he said, For ye suffer fools gladly, seeing yourselves as wise. For ye suffer if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face. I speak as concerning repro reproach as though we had been weak, howbeit wherein so any is bold. I speak foolishly, I am bold also. And then he goes on here, starting in verse 22, and he begins to say, so you think these people are important because of how they speak to you or what they say to you? Well, verse number 22 says, are they Hebrew, Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. 
Are the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more, in laborers more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I was suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robber, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger, in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without... That which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is offended? And I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. Paul here saying, I could glory in all these things that have happened to me. I could use them, so to speak, as a token. I could raise them up as a a banner, if you will, and say, you want proof that I've done something for God? Look at all the things that have happened to me. Look at all the struggles and the difficulties that I've gone through. He says, but that's not worth it. Because all that is, is is man's valuation. He said, rather, I'd just, I would rather glory in my infirmities, which seems like a weird statement to make now here in chapter 11. Why would he rather glory in his infirmities? He begins to tell them why he would rather glory in his infirmities. And we'll look at it here. He said, The God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. And Damascus, the governor under Eretus, the king, kept the city, the Demosenes, with a garrison desirous to, to apprehend me. And through a, win, through a window in a basket, I was let down by the wall and escaped his hands. Verse chapter number 12, he says this, It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. So he comes here and he says, look, I have a lot to glory in, but it's not expedient. It's not necessary. It's not beneficial for me to glory in all these things. He says, look, I I could come to visions and revelations that I've had. God's speaking to me. I've had those. Are those something to glory in? And he goes on to tell about how he has this vision. And he says here in chapter, or verse number 2, he goes on to tell about it in verse number 3. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory but in my infirmities. There it is again. He says, but in my infirmities. I I could glory over these revelations I've had. How many of you have heard directly from God in a dream? I have. Oh, by the way, God spoke to me on on the road when he blinded me with light. Hey, I could glory in that. I'm better than you. I could I could boast about that if I wanted to. He says, but no, I'd rather glory in my infirmities. He says it twice here. Paul does. And then he goes on, he says, For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. He says, Sure, of course I desire to tell you about all the things that God's allowed me to do. Who doesn't? 
But for me to sit here and just boast about myself, all I am is becoming as a fool. And he says that would hinder any man that they would look at me and think of me better than I really am. Basically what Paul is saying here is saying, hey, I may be a preacher of the gospel, but guess what? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. There's nothing special about me. It's not that God's using me. It's that I'm letting God use me. And that's not glory on me. That's on glory on him that he would want to use someone like me. He goes in verse 7 and says, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. He's, there he's saying, hey, don't, don't lift me up because I've received revelations. He says, and in fact, so that I didn't get more glory about these revelations, in verse number 7 he says, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, and reproaches, and necessities, and persecutions, and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Saying here again, verse 7, where he says, I received a thorn in the flesh, that thing that hinders me. And, and he says it's a, a messenger from Satan that buffets me. He said, really what that is, let me, let me explain this to you. He's saying it's something that, that just, it's constantly there. It's constantly pricking. I don't know if you've ever taken a walk in the woods and maybe had to walk through some, some briars or, or, or a briar patch and the thorn gets stuck in your leg or it gets stuck in your sock or it gets stuck at the top of your shoe, and then you're walking, you're like, man, something keeps poking me, and it is driving me crazy. You get to the house, and there's that bristle or that thorn, and it's literally been jabbing at you the whole time. Paul's saying, I've got a thorn in my flesh. I've got something that I deal with that is the constant reminder from Satan that I'm weak. It's the constant reminder. In fact, it says that it's Satan's message to buffet me. That word buffet literally means to beat me down, to berate me, to cause me to come to a low, to make me almost, if you would, useless. He said, see, this thorn of the flesh is there for, for my good, but here's what Satan would have it to do. Satan would have it to cause me to be useless. It'd cause it to be a crutch. It'd cause it to be an excuse. It'd cause it to be the thing that I say, I can't because of this. I won't because of this. I never can because I can't allow this to because I have this thorn in the flesh. He says here, but God allowed it to happen so that I would not be exalted higher than I should be. If you will, this is God's way of allowing something to knock me down a peg or two, to keep me in my place, to remind me that outside of him, I am nothing. He goes, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And we know the classic response. We all could almost quote it. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And the thing here that's interesting to me is that word thorn. The word there translated could literally mean a thorn or it could mean spike or it could mean um, one of those things. But often in the Greek, it intended to have that idea of a thorn. 
What's interesting to me here is that Paul's speaking of his thorns, but when he goes and begins to talk about it, and we're going to see this in just a few minutes, I think he's reminded of someone else's thorns instead. See, we want to look at Paul's thorn and we want to compare it to our thorn. Yeah, Paul had that and he struggled. And then what happens is when we start thinking about this package, passage, we all say, I know the Lord's grace will be enough, but we can never get past the thorn in our life. See, oftentimes what we want to do is we want to focus on that irritation. It's like me taking one of these teenage boys and just sticking my finger in between their ribs just constantly and just leaving it there. It'd be really hard for them to pay attention. Why? Because that would be a big distraction. Keep sticking your knuckle and your finger in their ribs. It's going to begin to get annoying. Before too long, they're going to like, Stop it! Quit! That hurts! You're going to turn around and punch me in the face, right, Jonathan? A little inside joke in the teenagers there. And the thing is, is that we cannot get past ourselves to think past the thorn. The thing is, is that we're not the only ones who had thorns. He had his share of thorns too. His thorns were not for his good. They were for my good. Paul says here, he says, I asked God three times. Take it away. For just a few moments, we want to talk about that idea, that thought, his share of thorns. See, far too often, we're so easily distracted by our thorns that we forget to put things in the proper place that they should have. First thing I would like for you to see is I'd like for you to see the request in verse number 8. It's pretty simple. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Paul says, I simply had one request. God, take it away. God, take this away. Take this irritation, this discomfort, this situation that's, that's here that, that's a horrible reminder that, that, that Satan wants to use to bring me down. The thing that I struggle with, the, the pain, the, the thing that I use as an excuse, Lord, take it away. Paul was so ready to get rid of something that he later on in the passages says was so good for him. He was ready to get rid of something because it was uncomfortable because he could only focus on the comfort rather than the purpose. See, oftentimes we're too busy looking at the pain, the discomfort the thorn causes and we never fail to see the thing that the thorn is doing. What did this thorn do in Paul's life? It brought him to his knees. It brought him to a holy God. It brought him to a place where he realized, if I'm going to do anything for God, if I'm going to do the things that I desire to do and God's put in my heart to do, if I'm going to do it, I can't do it because of this thorn, but he can do it through me. And it's not about me. It's not about my glorings. No wonder Paul said, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may 
dwell upon me. We're going to move quickly, and then we're going to slow real, real down. We're going to get up to 60 miles an hour. We're going to slam on the brakes. Point number two, the response. See, we look at this passage, and we look at it, and we say, yeah, God told him no. But that's not what I see here. You say, well, God never took the thorn, but God never said no. So what do you mean? Look with me at verse 9 again. It says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in my weakness. Paul's request was, Lord, take this thorn. Take it from me. Three times I've asked you. And God's answer is, I'll give you my grace. See, sometimes we're so worried about what we're, we want, we want the thorn taken that we fail to see what we're given. And I guarantee you the grace of God in this situation is far greater than the thorn is in the flesh. The request was made, the response was given, and we want to deceive ourselves oftentimes by saying, I've asked God for this thing to be taken away. Brother John, you don't understand. I've asked more than three times. I've asked more than Paul, and I don't understand why he keeps telling me no. It's because he's not telling you no. He's telling you my grace is sufficient. Quit worrying about the thorns and think about the grace that he's shed, the grace that he's bestowed, the grace that he's given. (laughs) No one enjoys hearing no. No one enjoys hearing maybe later. No one enjoys hearing not right now. But if we'll get our minds off of what we want and onto what he wants, things happen to change. He actually says, Paul, instead of taking something from you, you know what? I'll give you an exchange. I won't take anything from you, but instead I'll give you something. See, when we use the word grace, the first thing we often think of most often is what? Salvation, right? That's what we think of when we think of grace. But grace goes far beyond just salvation in our lives. Were it not for grace, we wouldn't be able to make it through the day. Were it not for grace, we wouldn't be able to deal with the struggles of life that we deal with. Were it not for grace, see, see, the grace of God is everything in our lives. If we are Christians, we've had the grace of God applied to our account for eternity. And guess what? It stays there for all eternity. It's been applied and it will never leave. There was the request. There was a response. Why don't you look at a third thing, though? There was a revelation. Now, this is not like the revelation that we saw at the beginning of the chapter where he says, I will come to visions and revelation of the Lord, meaning a dream or something. But this is a revelation that Paul finally had. In fact, when he's writing this passage, he's giving an account of something that's already happened. I've already had this conversation with God. And let me tell you what God showed me, if you will. Paul comes to this thing and he says, despite having asked God and God saying, I'm going to give you grace, it helped me understand anything. The greatest revelation that Paul could have received was the one that he would rather glory in the very thing that allowed God's power and God's grace to be on his life. Look at it again. He says, verse number nine, he says, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, most gladly, look at it again, most gladly therefore, 
will I rather glory in my infirmities. Why? That the power of God may rest upon me. He says, man, I'd love to have this thing taken away out of my side so that, I, so that I could do things for God and so I could live for God and I could do all these things that I want to do for God. And, and God helps him understand. He says, it's because of the thorn that allows you to have my grace and it's because of my grace that allows you to do the things that you are doing for me. You take away the thorn, you begin to live in your own strength and you begin to live in your own strength and guess what? You stop glorying in me. You start being able to become as those fools, as the passage say, who say, look at me, look at what I've done. Look at my accomplishments for God. Look at my holy living. And God says to Paul, Paul, it's not about you. It's all about me. It's not about what you've been through. It's about what I've saved you from. It's not about what you're going to do. It's about what I'm going to do. It's not about where you've been. It's where I've brought you from. It's not about the struggles and life that you've dealt with. It's about the struggles and life of life that I've brought you out of. Because it's not about Paul. It's about me, God says. And this revelation was made to God or to Paul. And he said, look, I would rather have God's grace and God's power on my life and live with the discomfort or the pain or the hurt or the constant reminder of my weakness and know God's grace and see God move than to live without it. Here's the thing. That was because Paul had gotten to the point in his life where he didn't care about himself. And the sad thing is, is we far too often haven't got over ourselves. You say, but you don't understand. I'm alone. No one knows what I'm dealing with. No one knows the struggles that I've gone through. No one knows the pain or the discomfort. Would you take your Bibles with me for a moment? It's interesting that Paul, the one who asked God to remove this thing, is possibly the one who wrote these next few words we're going to read. Hebrews chapter number 4. Many people believe Paul to be the writer and some Believe it not to be, and it doesn't really matter because God's the author. And God in his divine wisdom here gives us a little bit when we compare scripture with scripture. Hebrews chapter number four. He say, I'm all alone. I'm the only one that has to deal with this thorn. I'm the only one that has to go through this. You don't understand what it's like. I don't. I don't know what you're going through. You don't know what I'm going through. We don't know what each other is going through, but praise God, we have a high priest who does. Hebrews chapter number 4 and verse 14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, uh, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of the need. The author here is saying, hey, when we have struggles with our infirmities, these things that we struggle with, it's okay because we have a God who, who can be touched. 
He's, he's been there. He's lived this life. And he can be touched by our infirmities, our difficulties, the things that we struggle with, the, the struggles in life, the, the things that, that, that keep us from serving God. It's okay. We can bring them to him because he's been there. It's interesting that if you think that Paul maybe possibly wrote this passage in Hebrews, and he says, my infirmities allow me to go to God. You say, wait a minute, Paul's infirmities caused him to go to God, and God said what? He said, no, that's not what God said to him. God said, my grace is sufficient for me. And there's often times where we go to the throne room of grace, just like Hebrews Chapter number four says, and we say, that's great. I've taken it to God and I don't understand. He keeps telling me no. He keeps telling me no. Maybe it's time for us to start listening to God and hear that he's not saying no, but he's saying, my grace is enough. Learn to live in my grace. And when you learn to live in the grace that I've given you, when you've learned to live in the place where you live abiding in the grace of God, that's the moment most often when we see God do the greatest works. See, we want that thorn to be taken away. We're not alone. Jesus Christ said, if this, Lord, if this, if this cup will just pass from me. He says, but nevertheless, not my will, but that be done. We sit there and we think about our one thorn. They put a crown of thorn on his head. They didn't just poke into his scalp. They beat it down onto him. And he hung on a tree for your sins and for my sins. And he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And we look at that one, flip, that one thorn and sometimes we, we fuss and we complain and we say, I can't do this or I can't do that for God because of this thing, this whatever it may be. Paul never specifies. Why? Because it's different for each and every one of us. Think about God's thorns. Our thorns bring us closer to God. God's thorns made it possible. Our thorns reveal His grace in our lives. His thorns remind us of His love. Our thorns lead us to surrender. Paul said, I give up. I'm done, Lord. Your will and your grace, and that's all I need. Our thorns lead us to surrender. Christ's thorns, it leads to salvation. What is it in your life? What is that thorn that keeps poking at your side? What is it that thing that Satan says to you? You can't do it. You're weak. You're not capable. You're not able. You're not able to live this Christian life that that they say you should live. And you're not able to do this. Look at this. You're not physically able. You're not spiritually able. You're not able by faith to do this or or what's that thing that that the that Satan wants to use to keep poking at you and prodding at you and and keep putting you down what is that thing that you've said god please take this from me 
instead of hearing no, why don't you take a few moments and listen to that still small voice that's not saying no, but is rather saying, it's okay, because my grace is sufficient. You may be weak. It's okay if you're weak, because I'm strong. I want you to listen to this song in just a moment. Brother Chris is going to play it. The words of it, speaking of this very account. I want you to listen to it with your heart and listen to the words. Let God speak. Brother Chris, if you'll play it, please. To keep you meek, I've made you weak To show you I am strong Cause I took away your sin I took away your shame I took away the evil works That you wrought on my name And I could take away the piercing pain From this trial that you Instead, I'll give you grace. Three times now you've asked me to help you understand. While in your times of greatest pain, I withheld my healing hand. But your suffering is not in vain as your will to mine conforms. And before you feel you're all alone, all I've had my share of thorns. When I took away your sin, I took away your shame. I took away the evil works that you wrought on my name. And I could take away the piercing pain from this trial that you Instead, I'll give you grace. shame, and I took away the evil works that you 
stand with me quietly and bow your head and I'm not going to ask you to come and come to this altar and ask God one more time to take away that thorn in the flesh. Instead what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to come to this altar and thank God for his grace that he's given you. And you say brother John I don't necessarily have a thorn in my flesh then you better come to this altar and praise God for the grace that he's allowed to have that you don't. But either way God's grace is good and it's perfect and it's strong and with head bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you tonight, if you know in your life that God's grace has been in your life to this point and you need to come and thank him despite the thorn in your flesh, or should be like Paul and say, I will rather glory in my infirmities to have the power of Christ on my life. If that's you, if you need to come and praise God for his grace, you do it now. You take the time to do it. say I don't know that I can thank God for, for the thorn I don't know if I can thank him for the grace can I remind you something that no matter how big no matter how painful no matter how discomforting that thorn in is God's grace is always greater and he's willing to provide it and give it Oftentimes it's already there you just gotta see it Altars are still open. 